You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, the podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps, I'm delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Whether you're listening to this podcast for the first time, or whether this is your 160-something time to listen to my weekly offerings, it's always important that we remember some of the basics as to why we need to take control of our state of mind. Now, I didn't say why we need to look after our state of mind. I said actually take control of what is going on between our two ears, because There are these levers of power between our own two ears that until we take control of them, they are under the control of what cognitive psychology calls our automatic pilot. And our automatic pilot leads us around in ever-decreasing circles. And that isn't living, that's existing. But then again, we must remember and it bears repeating, because I've said it many times before, that evolution gave us a brain to ensure that we simply survive. Not that we live our lives to the full, not that we enjoy ourselves, not that we achieve our goals and objectives. Most people's goals and objectives would take them outside their previous experience of adult living, their previous experience of running with the herd, their previous experience of staying within their own little box or their own comfort zone. And therefore, the goals and objectives that we very often set ourselves are beyond the scope of the way in which evolution developed our brains. Those brains developed to ensure that we stay safe, we stay in our comfort zone, we don't stray out and we don't experience the kind of world that we really should be experiencing where we to turn up to our lives to the full. Now, what do I mean by that statement? turn up to our lives to the full. Well, we know from decades of research that most people don't turn up to their lives at all, or perhaps 1% turn up to their lives. Uh, I need to clarify that. Most people, only 1% of them actually turns up to their lives. The 99% that remains is either living in the past or worrying about the future, and therefore we forget and miss the only time and place in which our lives actually take place in the here and now. If we are using our mind normally, we miss our lives completely. It isn't just that we can't move our lives forward. It isn't just that we can't achieve our goals and objectives. It isn't just that we can change, for example, our fitness or our weight or our career or our business success. It is that we're actually missing the experience of our lives, which is kind of obvious if you think about it. If you don't turn up to something, how are you going to experience it? So for starters in this particular episode, let me reiterate the importance, not of allowing your mind simply come into the present moment, but of actually taking control of those levers of power between your own two ears. Getting into the driving seat, if I can put it like that, putting your foot on life's accelerator and seeing where your own flow, 
your own energy will take you. As I said, it'll take you around in circles if you're using your mind normally. And that's because we perceive and achieve according to our expectations. And that's what I really want to explore in this particular episode, because a couple of weeks ago on our program owners Zoom, we get together on a Wednesday night, every second Wednesday, we were talking about changing our expectations, or in fact, one of the early videos in the online program talks about how we've known for over 90 years at this stage, and in particular over the last 10 or 15 years, as neuroscience has explored exactly the mechanics of how our minds experience what's going on moment to moment, or as I said a minute ago, if we're using our minds normally, don't experience what's going on moment to moment. We have known for decades that we only experience so-called reality based on our expectations. If we break that down into the mechanics of the mind, what that means is, first of all, we only perceive what we expect to perceive. Let's run with that first. The most fundamental thing that stands in our own way is our perception of ourselves. Don't tell me for one minute that you think you're perfect. If you were to tell that to yourself, you're lying to yourself, you're delusional. Because with the best will in the world, if you are unaware of who you are as a result of only being 1% present, you couldn't first of all know yourself and you certainly wouldn't know that you are perfect quite the opposite, because during our formative years, we learned that we were the exact opposite of perfect. We were something in need of redemption, if I can put it like that. We were something that needed to be improved upon. That's the whole premise of education. It's the whole premise of certainly Judeo-Christian religious tradition. You need to improve yourself. And heaven forbid, and I actually mean that literally, heaven forbid that you enjoy yourself in this life. Heaven forbid that you achieve your goals and objectives in this life. Because what awaits you afterward? If you've had a good time now, you're certainly not going to have a good time in the next life. If you suffer now, you might better yourself enough to enter the kingdom of heaven. My tongue is so firmly stuck in my cheek as I say that I've almost bitten it. It's all rubbish. It's all absolute rubbish because we do not need to better ourselves. We only think we aren't better in the first place as a result of our expectations of ourselves. So let me go back to what I said a minute ago. We only perceive what we expect to perceive at its most fundamental level, at its most damaging level, I perceive myself based on the expectations that were thrust upon me when I was young, impressionable, and was soaking up what was going on around me like the proverbial sponge. Stuff that was done to me and for me during my formative years. Now I've said that in that order for a very particular reason. Evolution, as I said a few minutes ago, has designed us for survival. If I only took 
what cognitive psychology knows as psychological snapshots of things that were done for me during my formative years. Sure, wouldn't I think life is a bed of roses and everything comes to me and I don't have to do anything about it. And wouldn't that be an awful state of mind to be in as a hunter gatherer when a man or woman eating beast stands in front of me, ready to have me for tonight's dinner? No, evolution has seen to it that the psychological snapshots that we take, in other words, the learnings that we take on board deeply about ourselves when we are young and impressionable, they are predominantly negative for the simple reason that negativity keeps us on our toes, keeps us alert to the possibility of threat. Now, that has a huge implication for your own mental health, now in the 21st century, it has huge implications for how we react in any and every situation on a daily basis, because we see threats where there aren't any threats. People who are, for example, saying things to us at work or in personal relationships that we interpret based on the expectations that they're getting at us, because that is one of the fundamental expectations that we have about ourselves. We're so unworthy that people will only laugh at us. Now, that is a generalization. It is not me leaping to any conclusion. It's a generalization because obviously some people don't feel that way, but the people who don't feel that way are abnormal. They're not normal people. They're not what I call normal crazy people. In other words, they don't filter what people are saying to them through this opaque learning of how they feel about themselves based on their formative upbringing and experiences where they experience themselves as needy and wanty if i can put it like that people in need of other people's attention nice attention loving attention and if i don't get that well people are getting at me people have it in for me what are other people thinking of me this is all going on below the surface. Generally speaking, we're not aware of it because it happens at an automated level. I mentioned the automatic pilot earlier on. It happens at such an automated level that we're off wondering about the past or worrying about the future whilst all this is happening automatically as we miss our lives in the here and now. If I only perceive according to my expectations, my perception moment to moment in my daily life when I am operating in that way based on expectations that I learned donkeys years ago. My perception of what is going on now is minuscule, to put it mildly. Because even if I do perceive stuff, it is interpreted through the sausage machine, the cognitive appraisal machine, as cognitive psychology would have it, it is interpreted through the muck that is dragging me down subconsciously. So my perception is thwarted by my expectations and my ability to process it is literally destroyed by virtue of the fact that what I'm using to process it is stuff that I learned decades ago. That's just me my perception of me. I have expectations that I learned when I was young and impressionable. Those expectations now constrain my perception moment to moment. But I have expectations of how the world works as well. We were told when we were young and impressionable that we needed to work hard to be a success. So if I don't put my 
what part of your body do you put to the grindstone? Is it your shoulder or your forehead or whatever? If I'm not working really hard, I'm going to not expect anything much in return. Now, that's wrong, by the way. You don't have to work hard to be a success. You have to work smart to be a success. It's a completely different thing. And that is not a throwaway remark. It is simply a statement of the facts that we understand when we begin to turn up to our own lives, when we begin to realize, having taken control of the levers of power in our own head, we begin to do what we need to do just when we need to do it and no more. We say what we need to say and obviously avoid saying things we don't need to say and no more. And we do it in such a way that we don't expend any of the energy that necessarily has to be used when I'm trying to force myself and push myself to do things through the fog of my own limited expectations of me. Oh, that is a loaded sentence, that statement that I've just made. Because that's where all stress comes from, and stress will kill you. That's where all struggle and anxiety and frustration comes from, and they all lead to stress, and stress will kill you. That is where anger comes from. That is where loneliness comes from. That is where disappointment comes from. And all those things lead to stress, and stress will kill you. And stress, everyday stress, will lead to depression. And that means whilst you're waiting to die young because you're killing yourself as a result of being constantly stressed out, you're not enjoying yourself at all either. This is all madness. This is all normal. This is how most people experience what they think is their life. Let me look at expectation from the perspective of modern neuroscience because a number of experiments have been done with obviously experimental participants who have been told they're going to be shown a variety of different images in a laboratory environment. And they have been told what kind of images to expect. Now, it hasn't been worded that way, but that is actually how they are being set up in these experiments. So they're shown a series of images. And they're asked afterwards, did you see this image? Did you see that image? Did you see the other image? And obviously they'll tick all the boxes that they saw the images. Then they'll be asked, did you see the other images? The ones that we didn't tell you to expect? Because what all this research has found is that if you see something that you don't expect, you will not perceive it. You will not process it. You will not cognitively appraise it. It'll float straight by you. Now, if you don't believe modern neuroscience, we can go back to the 80s. All you have to do is Google the invisible gorilla. I will say no more, but it is a wonderful, very, very simple example of how we miss what's before our very eyes because we didn't expect it to be there. Consider the implications of that in your everyday life. Consider, but don't consider this for too long because it'll only stress you and depress you again. Consider how many opportunities you missed because you didn't expect an opportunity to present itself to you. Let me put it another way. Consider how many times you've fallen on your face 
because you expected to fall on your face. Consider how many times you expected something to go wrong because a few things had gone right. You know, as my grandmother used to say, all laughing comes to crying and pride always comes before a fall. Charming woman, my grandmother. Consider the number of times we have fallen on our face because we expected to fall on our face and consider the number of times in our lives we have failed to take off because we knew somewhere deep down our lives weren't entitled to take off. Consider the number of goals that you've had that you haven't achieved. Consider the number of New Year's resolutions that you had even, what, nine weeks ago at this stage that have fallen by the wayside. Quite possibly some of them were the same as last year's New Year's resolutions or the year before that ad infinitum. Consider the number of times we have failed to achieve the outcomes that we have wanted, the goals that we have set for ourselves, the things that we hope and desire in our lives. You will never, you will never, ever, ever achieve anything by wishing, hoping, wanting, or having a plan, or having a goal in the conventional sense in which that word is normally used. In other words, I'll, I'll lose five kilos by the 31st of March. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand that. Your subconscious mind understands your deeply held expectations of yourself and how the world works. And you see, one of the big problems with the subconscious mind, the way it is set up as a result of the way our brains evolved, is that that expectation is confirmed again and again and again every time you fail. So in other words, not only at the outset, did you expect that you wouldn't achieve your goals and objectives? By not achieving your goals and objectives in the intervening weeks, months, or years, you've only confirmed to yourself that you were right in the first place to expect that, ah, I'll muddle by, I'll stay in my box, my life will not change an awful lot, and sure, am I lucky to be living in this part of the world as compared to oh, some of the places in the world where people are suffering greatly at this moment in time. Without going into any of them in any detail, you know what I'm talking about, and I am apolitical, and this is not a party political broadcast, this is not about current affairs, this is about the single longest running affair you can have in your life, the affair that you can have with the real you as a result of changing your expectations. Let me go back to the start of this particular episode where I said we only perceive according to our expectations. Let me take it one step further. You only achieve according to your expectations because your actions are based on your perceptions. And when we're using our mind normally, our actions are never actions. They are automatic reactions in the same way as our perceptions are automatic understandings of what we think is going on in the here and now and how we feel about whether or not we're capable of doing what we need to do in the here and now. So let me repeat the key sentence. You will only achieve according to your expectations. So if you are like my granny, 
and pride does come before a fall and all laughing comes to crying. That is the kind of life you are living and that is the kind of life you are always going to live because they are your deeply held expectations. Now, I'm not talking about expectations in the way in which we casually use that word. Oh, it's Monday, so I expect it not to be a great day. Although that, generally speaking, is a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Because most people will say to me, Yoo-hoo, it's Friday, so that's going to be a better day. Generally speaking, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. These are more fundamental self-fulfilling prophecies, but self-fulfilling prophecies, they are. These are deeply held expectations. I used the phrase psychological snapshot earlier on to describe how you learned these expectations in the first place. But those psychological snapshots of things that were done to you when you were young and impressionable have left the impression, a lasting impression or imprint on your subconscious mind. They are the photographs that your automatic pilot uses to enable it, do what it needs to do to enable you muddle through today and make sure nothing much ever changes. Because again, just to reiterate the point, from an evolutionary perspective, change is dangerous. So we're wired not to change. How am I going to change this? How are you going to change this? Well, First and foremost, you need to begin to appreciate that your expectations of yourself are incorrect. The quickest and easiest way to do this is through meditation, because meditation enables us to come to our senses. In other words, it bypasses the process of cognitive appraisal that uses the psychological snapshots that I have been mentioning by enabling us simply experience what we're seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling and tasting in the here and now. Generally speaking, traditional meditation is done with one's eyes closed. So therefore, you are probably feeling and hearing when you meditate. You may be smelling and tasting as well. But the feeling and hearing senses are the ones that are primarily employed in meditation. I had a Thursday morning video. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about in relation to my Thursday morning videos, I've been sending those out uh, to anybody who wants them since December 2008. There's 800 and something of them at this stage. If you're not getting them, you can click the link in your podcast player to sign up to get my free video tip and reflection every Thursday morning directly to your inbox. I had a video a couple of weeks ago entitled Meditating with Your Eyes Open. And the reaction I got to that was incredible. People were saying, what, I can, I can meditate while I'm driving? Yeah, you can do it with your eyes open because all meditation is, is coming to your senses. And that means that you could sit at a pavement cafe maybe not in Ireland or the UK at this time of the year, but you could sit at a pavement cafe around here in the Alps at many times of the year. You might need a blanket over you in the ski season, but you could sit at a pavement cafe, watch the world go by whilst you're sipping your coffee. And that would be a meditation, assuming you had decided that you were going to see with fresh eyes 
see what you're actually seeing. Don't evaluate it, just observe it. In the same way as when we meditate with our eyes closed and when we focus on our breathing, we breathe and experience it one breath at a time like we've never experienced it before. Now, just as an aside, a breathing meditation isn't an exercise that focuses on your breathing. A breathing meditation is an exercise that uses your breathing to enable you focus. It's the other way around. Or if I can put it in simpler English, a breathing meditation, or indeed any meditation, is an exercise to enable you experience the moment. Whatever's going on in the moment. You know, people say to me sometimes when we meditate together, people would say to me, oh, it was noisy today. Uh, had you got the windows open? And I would say, yeah, I deliberately had the windows open because the sounds around us are part and parcel of the reality of the moment. People think that when they sit down to meditate, they're looking for silence. Yes, they are. They're looking for inner silence. They're not looking for pure silence because there is no such thing. What do I mean by inner silence? I mean allowing your mind to settle. Because the more we allow our mind to settle, the more we experience through our senses what is going on in the here and now, as a result of which, the less we think, the less we think about ourselves, and the more we encounter who we really are. Not who we think we are, not who we expect ourselves to be, warts and all. It's something completely different. Absolutely and completely different. So that is the quickest and easiest route to you getting to know yourself, meditation. Now, people will often say to me, oh, but I've been meditating for weeks and my mind is noisier than it was before. And I would say to them, uh, yeah, it's not noisier. It's just that you're becoming more aware of the noise in your own head. And that is why we're looking for inner silence when we meditate to let that noise go away. But in the process of allowing ourselves find inner silence, we'll realize just how noisy our minds are, just how mad we are when we allow our minds run riot with us. Just how mad we are when we let the automatic pilot run the same nonsense through our heads every day and call it living. So meditation is obviously something that I mention frequently in these podcast episodes. I am mentioning it again today. I mention it with a vengeance today because it is so important in not just allowing you experience inner peace, peace of mind, quiet and calm. It is important because in that quiet and calm, you meet yourself. Now, you don't go looking for yourself. Yourself will present itself the more you meditate. And I can guarantee that. Well, I can certainly promise it. I can't guarantee it because you're the one who has to meditate. But I'm, I'm telling you, the more you meditate, the more you will become acquainted with who you really are. And that has nothing to do with the expectations that have led to a warped self-perception over all of your adult life. That will change your expectations of yourself, and that's a game changer. But let's go back to what I said a few minutes ago. You only perceive and achieve according to your expectations. What is 
the next logical sentence that I am about to speak. Doesn't that mean if I change my expectations, everything changes? Of course it does. What we need to do, first of all, is understand through experience, that's what we've talked about a minute ago when I talked about meditation, that the expectations that I had of me are wrong. Now, it isn't that I'm going to attempt to throw out those expectations. They're, they, they're, they are nothings. They're only given life by the automatic pilot being allowed to think the random thoughts that whiz through my head every day. And by the way, thoughts come up randomly, but they're not random thoughts. <laughs> we have the same thoughts running through our head every waking day of all of our adult life until we take control of the levers of power that I mentioned a few minutes ago. There's another way we can change our expectations too. As I said a few minutes ago, you're never going to achieve anything by wishing, hoping, wanting. That simply isn't going to happen. All that stuff, planning in particular. Oh, I have a plan, so it's going to happen now. Now, we all know that plans don't work. And the minute a plan is written, before the ink is dry on a plan, things have changed. And no plan I've ever come across in a personal capacity, in one's personal life or in, on, in the business world, and business people are big into their plans, aren't they? They've never been implemented in the way in which the plan was written. The plan is only there, particularly in the business environment, to ensure that we get all the normal monkeys moving in the same direction. At least we herd the cats so we can all move forward in a mediocre trudge from one year to the next. Don't get me started on the corporate environment. Why do you think I've been working for myself for over 28 years at this stage? Well, wishing, hoping, wanting, and having a plan None of those things is going to enable you achieve the things that you would dearly love to achieve in your life. The only thing that will enable you achieve any change in your life is by you expecting there to be change in your life. That expectation is a subconscious expectation that replaces the expectations that we were given when we're young and impressionable by our taking new psychological snapshots of, listen to me carefully, how it feels when I have already achieved my objective. In other words, and we've talked about this before, we'll talk about it again, we talk about it lots on our online program Zooms, for the simple reason that this is one of the key things that people get their teeth into when they realize the power they have within to change their own lives. You can handwrite what you want as if you already have it. And it is the handwriting and the present tense language that you use when handwriting in that way that captivates enough of the subconscious mind's attention to enable it to take a new psychological snapshot. So you have given it a new expectation. And then you can simply go back to perceiving the reality of the moment, which will have changed, as I said, as a result of your meditation. But now on top of that, your expectations will have changed the way in which you not only perceive yourself, but the way in which you perceive everything that is going on around you. 
so that you spot the opportunities that the normally minded individual will miss as a result of their being driven by the expectations that they have been carrying around with them and have been burdened by since they were young and impressionable. Change your expectations and everything changes. And that is the adventure that awaits anybody who wants to take control of the levers of power between their own two ears and start living their lives to the full. As an online program owner said to me in an email yesterday morning, it's my life, my way. That's what we're talking about. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www. Willie Dash.